picked a really good day to tune in because what we're going to talk about today is the indispensable framework for change that is always involved anytime any person or any group of people change in any significant way. This is true of spiritual life. That's the way that we're going to be applying it. But it's also true for intellectual life or skill acquisition or athletics for absolutely anything at all. So if you're involved with a family, uh, if you lead a department or somebody at work, this is going to be Um, really, really valuable for you. And it's all around a single word that's going to become an acronym. And the word is VIM. It is, I know, kind of an old-fashioned word. doesn't get used a lot in our day. Dallas Willard talks about it in his book, Renovation of the Heart. It's about page 83. But I've thought about this particular topic so much, I don't even know that we're going to need to look into the book today. But VIM is an old word. comes from a Latin root, Dallas says, that has to do with energy, drive, resources, motivation, power, force, most of all life, to be fully alive. That's why I'm recording this standing in front of this tree, which is blossoming in this magnificent pink color. I have no idea what the tree is. If Nancy were here, she would know, but she is not here. But I do this to encourage you wherever you are, particularly if you're in some place like North Dakota or Buffalo, New York or Minnesota, there is life, there is power in this world. We don't produce it, but it comes our way and it will come your way too, probably next July. Anyway, Vim is this little word, very powerful word. It also has to do with the meaning or sense of something. And so it speaks deeply to our spiritual lives. Now change always involves this little acronym. And those three letters stand for the indispensable components for change in any area of our life. If I am to change, I must have a vision for how my life would be, could be different, that is compelling to me. I must not just have a vision. The vision must have me for it to be effective. And then I must form an intention. I must make a decision. We don't just drift into significant change. But then also I must have effective means or methods. There must be um, tools that will help bring change about. Now, Dallas uses a couple of examples for this. One of them is to learn a foreign language. So let's just start there. But then we're going to bring this to our spiritual lives because that's where it's most important. But all of this matters because change, although it is a gift from God and there is a mystery to it, is not confusing. It is pursuable. Not in a mechanical or legalistic or self-powered way, but there is order to it. So first of all, change always involves a vision. Start with language. Uh, Is it likely that I'm going to learn a language? Let's just take the language of Chinese. Um, Now, that requires a vision. How would my life be different? I knew this. And then I must make a decision. And then I must have means or methods. I got to... you know, take a Berlitz class or go to an online course or get a book and practice reciting the alphabet and so on. Now let's think about people in China that learn English or people in America that learn Chinese. If you've traveled around the world much, you know, almost every place else in the world, more people speak more languages than we do here. Here, most of us can barely stumble along in English. Now, why is that? Is it that we don't have access to means or methods in America for learning another language? Not at all. 
We have more resources, more wealth, more educational opportunities. We have way more methods here than people in other parts of the world, say most folks in China would, to have uh, to speak English. What do they have that we don't have? They have vision. They are gripped by the reality that if they were to learn another language, and very often it's English, there would be doors that would be open to them, vocational doors, educational doors, doors of opportunity that are so great that they think to themselves, I must have this. And where vision is hot, then people form an intention. They decide, I will find a way, and they will get to the methods. So um, we must have a vision, and then we must form an intention. Decision is critical. Dallas writes, um, uh, significant change does not generally happen by accident, by drift, or by imposition. I probably won't just accidentally discover one day, hey, I can speak Chinese or I have become a great painter, or I'm able to play the piano. And we don't just drift into this. If I just do what I feel like doing every day, those things probably will not happen. And generally, they do not get imposed on us. Parents know about that. You tell the kids, sit down there and practice that piano. It's a hard way for a transformation. There must be a decision that comes from the inside. And yet, very often, we do not decide. We live as though our intentions, our decisions, had almost no power at all. But then there must be appropriate means or methods. And now we bring all of this to spiritual life, to actually changing. We have been living with the reality of radical evil in the ruined souls and the need for the denial death to self as a foundation for spiritual life. And that is heavy sledding, and I know it is. I hope you stay with it because it is simply reality. Um, yesterday, I was talking to somebody. There were a group of people, pastors at some place, and I was asking them about one pastor and where they stood on a certain quality of life. And the reason I asked that was, I knew of all that group, this pastor was probably the only one who was worse at that quality than me. And so I asked it deliberately to hear it said that this person wasn't very good at that so I could feel better about myself. And I wasn't even aware of the fact that I was doing that till I was reflecting on it this morning. How often do I do that every day in ways that have crippled relationships and hurt people in my life and I'm just blind to it? How is that ever going to change? How am I ever going to become a loving person who experiences joy when other people are really good at stuff? Vim! I must have a vision for life with God. Where is your vision for life with God? Now, a great deal of what Jesus did when he taught was to try to correct people's distorted visions for life with God. So we're going to talk about this more. We're going to get into vision more when we talk, most likely tomorrow. The problem most people have is they have an incorrect vision that does not compel them to want to follow Jesus. As Dallas said, spirituality wrongly understood or pursued is a major source of human misery and rebellion against God. And so a lot of Jesus, a lot of what he teaches is, you have heard it said, but I say to you. In other words, your vision of life with God, spiritual life, kingdom, who God is, who you could be with him is wrong. And so you think you don't want that. So he would say, to what shall I compare it? It's like a, a man who finds a treasure buried in a field and his great joy sells everything so he can get it. It is like a pearl of great price. Often Jesus compares life in the kingdom to getting rich. Now, why does he do that? 
Because obviously, uh, he is offering something more, far greater than just getting rich. It's because, as a general rule, we have an unforced desire for money. We want, who wants to be a millionaire? And the answer, of course, is everybody wants that. Jesus says, if you ever understand life in the kingdom of God, you will want it the way that people in our world think that they want money. Because what we think that money could get us, life, joy, love, peace, purpose, security, can be found only with God. How is your vision? Where there is method without vision, there's legalism. But where there is vision without method, there is frustration. What do I do? How do I change? And where there is both vision and method, but without intention, without decision, then there is intellectualism. Oh yeah, I've read about this. I know about this. But I have not actually decided today I will pursue this vision. Often in churches, the problem is people do not have a vision that will compel them to follow Jesus. And so those of us who preach just harp on the intention uh, muscle. You've got to be more devoted. You've got to try harder. You ought to, when really it's a vision problem. So let me just ask, as we begin to get into Vim today, what is your vision for following Jesus? Is it compelling to you? Do you desire that? You you can't force that. We'll talk about that more next time. And then where are you when it comes to intention? Are you in just uh, drift mode? Whatever happens to you mostly happens by accident. Or have you formed a firm decision? And then is it quite clear to you um, what means, what methods you can bring into your life that will actually help to produce change? I'm telling you, this little framework and again you can apply it anywhere i hope you do i hope you think about where you work i hope you think about your relationships or your family or your intellectual life but above all when it comes to following jesus vim will produce uh, unbelievable amounts of clarity and i believe be used by god to help you enter into life of another kind guard your heart guard your vim next time. Hey, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and click the bell so you never miss an episode. There are emails that go along with each video. If you'd like to receive those, you can let us know at becomenew.me slash subscribe.